Hey everybody, welcome to the Friday night after show. It's good to be with you. We made it through another week and what a week it was. It's going to be a really interesting show tonight because amongst other things, Greg Oliar is not here, which is we're very upset about because you know how much we love Greg, but he's not here this week. He will be here next week. But amazingly, Kimberly Johnson is here. She's a host of the Start Me Up podcast and also the author of Peyton's Choice and the Virgin Diaries. Hi, Kimberly. How are you? Hi, uh, thank you for having me. It's so <laughs> great that here. you're here. I'm so excited about it. It's going to be a fun show. And oh. LB's here in LA where it's kind of um, hot. It's hot again. It's hot I again. Think Kimberly is too. It's hot oh, again. Are you both in LA? Actually, actually, no, I was in LA, but I'm in DC oh. now. And it's not hot oh. now. Like, finally, we're getting some fall weather. It's, it's oh. just not, it's not cool, but it's like getting there. I love it. Yeah, there's oh, a lot of so heat nice. issues in, in the South right now. It looks like we're yeah. in for a big uh, La Nina summer or whatever, winter, sorry, yeah. which means a much warmer than normal right. summer. Winter. I'll get my seasons right. I'll get the fact <laughs> that it's Friday right. I'll get all these things right. It's going to happen tonight. So how are you doing, LB? You guys, you were on Kimberly's show this week. Yeah. I was. I I, I did that. So that's fun. I'm doing great. <laughs> I, I, yeah, it was. We don't. Kimberly and I have obviously followed each other, and we actually both knew that we have a sort of a an old friend in common who's. Uh, so there's these sort of pathways across, yeah. obviously. Greg, Greg is a regular on Kimberly's as well, and it's always fun to catch him on your show. So and it's a great. Greg Kimberly's is podcast great, is a great. Yeah. It's a great podcast, everybody, because what I love about what you do is you also just sort of say, and by the way, so everyone, I'm going to spill some tea. So right before <laughs> we go on, we go, she records it. Um, she goes, you know, I'm not feeling all that well. And so I'm like, oh, and so I was like, okay, I'll just talk. And then I think I talked the whole time because that's what that happened. <laughs> I mean, you uh, can fill airtime. That's the best thing. I'll be you, you, you. You can just talk, which is amazing. It's, you know, it's an amazing skill set for someone in your business. So, um, <laughs> so I promise you, at home, I'm like this. Huh. I'm like, I'm like strange. I am. I'm just quiet, and people are buzzing around me, and I'm like, huh. huh. So, well. We're lucky that you're here tonight because there's so much to talk about. Uh, I don't even know where to start, but I'm going to just go with the what I'm calling the Fab Four. Here they are. Oh my the, God. the January yeah, six subpoenas. Four. This is what they decided to do. This is what the January six committee decided to. This is, by the way, Cash Patel's official photograph. I know. I know. I, I know. know. <laughs> is that like on this Wikipedia or something? Yeah, it's, it's official. It like, like this is Cash Patel. Hi, everyone. Let me introduce myself to you. It's terrified. It looks absolutely yeah, terrified. Looks like he was literally just served. Yeah. Which, you know, <laughs> the expression is, is appropriate because it's been a hell of a week for him. But boy, <laughs> um, <laughs> that is something else. Um, so they've decided to go with, you know, Bannon, Meadows, Cash Patel, and Scavino, which are an interesting group of choices. And, you know, why don't we just go through each of them individually because, you know, it's fun to do. Um, here <laughs> is, finally, um, this is, by the way, we've stolen this from Jim Stewartson's Twitter account, just to be completely transparent. Jim, thank you very much. I know you would love uh, to have yeah. us to share this, but we thank you very much for putting it up. Everyone should follow this great account of Jim Stewartson, but also you'll see this full thread there and you'll know that we stole it from him. But behind you, you see the letters that they sent Bannon. And this particular letter refers to... The fact that he not only was uh, present at the Willard Hotel on January 5th, 
which is the night before the January 6th insurrection, of course. But he was there to persuade members of Congress that they should block the certification of the elections the next day. So we hadn't really known that he was around on January 5th, but we certainly had not known, I didn't know at least, that he was there trying to convince members of Congress to perform a coup because that's what one does. This is amazing to me. I mean, everything that happened in the Willard Hotel is amazing to me because it's right next door to the White House. It is like the official guest Mm -hmm. hotel of the White House. I would be really surprised if there isn't some sort of underground connection between those two places because probably there's there's a tunnel area that they did build during the Obama era because, you know, they need a tunnel. So, you know, it wouldn't be surprising if there's people going back and forth between the White House and the Willard. But even if there wasn't a tunnel, it would just mean like crossing the street. And everyone was there. This is an expensive hotel, like 400 bucks a night or more. And you've got like every single major right wing extremist person all staying there. Um, so it's, you know, it's, it's not really a populist grassrootsy kind of thing. It's more like a expensive night on the town. And they were all there for a reason, because apparently Bannon was there already on the 5th with members of Congress trying to tell them to, you know, basically block the, the election count the next day. LB, yeah. any thoughts on that? I, I want him in jail. I want him in jail. He really uh, needs to be in jail. This guy has this this man is so filthy in every way, and uh, he is out to destroy democracy. He, he's got marching orders. I feel very confident in standing on very firm ground saying that, and it's not from any American. And no. he needs to he needs to go down. He really does. Yeah, he's a I mean, terror. And he has no Uh, principles. It does not seem like he has any morality at all. Um, And his allegiance seems to be at least, you know, if if you ask me, I would say it looks like his allegiance seems to be to Beijing. But, uh, you know, anyone, you you can take a pick of some other countries. I think he's pretty much for sale. Yeah, Yeah. I think he's been for sale for a while. You know, I did a long long time ago, I did quite a bit of looking into his work on the Foster, which was a Navy submarine and navigator. And the air in which he was in that and that's worth anybody anyone who wants to kind of look at where someone's origins might might illuminate who and what they really are should look i'll just leave it at that should look at but it's a really interesting what, story what he had to say what he had to say about being there during the carter administration and his involvement in uh some very delicate missions in headed for iran that the ship turned out to there was something compromised it and they had to turn it around and he had a fit he had a fit Mm-hmm. So he was part of the U.S. Navy on that on the Foster, and then, and then he had to. Uh, he was obviously wanting to do something, maybe because he wanted the ship to get to its destination. He certainly, he certainly was very committed to something that no one else and none of his superior officers were in agreement with. And he didn't really stay in the U.S. Navy uh, very much long after that. No, he was no. mediocre, and so yeah. he was out. Yeah, um, and he went to Goldman Sachs and has a storied history there in terms of. What he chose to, how he chose to make money for people, where he chose to focus his investments uh, on their behalf, uh, what what his whole plotting and planning was there, and then straight from there to Hollywood, and also he was in, he was over in China pretty early with the DST gaming, and you know he's he's been very very focused on this sort of a quarter of what was the sort of early internet and the behavior of young white men in gaming forums uh, and whatnot and how to push information to them and and extract money from them which really is just uh, in those days it was a testing to see if you could get people to to engage with you and enact in a behavior in real life that separated them from something that they valued 
Mm. Um, so mm. if you look at it through that lens, you understand, okay, this man for a very long time is, is quite aware of how to push and pull using, using semantics and using offers young, mostly white, but young, young men out of their, whatever their comfort zone and into whatever comfort zone he wanted them to be in. Yeah. I mean, he was basically um, profiting of people that. playing the games. He didn't make the games, but they were, right. the, the business back then was for them to uh, have people, you know, to profit of players buying things and selling things within the game. So, you know, it's That's not right. like he was being original. He was just trying to figure out a, a way to capitalize on other people's interests. Um, Manipulating demographics. Correct. Yeah. Fascinating that he went from Goldman Sachs to Hollywood. And, you know, it's just like this, it's a pretty broad ranging career. Um, you know, I'm always amazed by some people in, in this sphere that they're able to be so good at so many things that they're able to yeah. move from from one sector to the other with just complete ease where, you know, most of us would take a, yeah. take some time to get used to different sectors. But I guess uh, I guess some people have a, a leg up in, in some ways. Kimberly, what's your take on um, on Mr. Bannon? Um, well, I mean, he's the one who said that he that we need that they, they whatever needed to fill the zone with shit. And that's basically, you know, getting the media to talk about a bunch of nonsense while they go about doing their business. And it's clear that's what happened. What I'm interested in seeing is I think that they're going to obviously put up a fight and they're not going to listen or, or, or follow through with the subpoena. So it'll be interesting to see because I trust Adam Schiff. I think that he is, I mean, you could take a look at somebody like Eric Swalwell or Ted Lieu, especially on Twitter. They have a tendency to be what I like, a little bit aggressive when it comes to language and how they go after these people. But with Schiff, he is stealth. You yeah. know, he's quiet, but he's stealth. And I mean, Bannon is a horrible person. He's, I mean, there's, <laughs> he's just a horrible human being. And so all of these people are horrible. And I mean, I don't, I don't know exactly how this is going to go down, but what I've heard is they, I, can't, I think it was on Chris Hayes last night, but that they're calling in the big wigs first because they anticipate that the big wigs aren't going to comply. And then while they're going through legal battles, then they'll call in some of the lower ranking insurrectionists and get them out of the way. But we'll see. But yeah, I think Bannon is considering, I mean, he, there's a lot worse, but that he said, fill the zone with shit. That's what he's all about. He also said the day, and this is in this letter that they sent him, that on his radio show or whatever it's called, The War Room, uh, his podcast, I guess, he said that all hell is going to break loose tomorrow. Yeah. He claims it, yeah. Wasn't, yeah. it wasn't about uh, the insurrection. It was about Pence that he was talking about. But all hell well, is going to break liar. loose tomorrow. Sounds like a pretty good description of what happened on January the 6th. Yeah, it, it was um, hell. Yeah, it was hell for everybody. So he certainly has a lot to answer for. I think there's a lot to be said. You know, the White House has made it pretty clear that they are not... They're allowing uh, executive privilege here. They're not uh, extending right. executive privilege. So I know Donald Trump is going to try, and it will probably take a while to get this through the courts because they got to do the motions. But he can't really win. Yeah. Well, let's see. Here's what here's what we should all sort of be hoping for if we want to be hopeful, and then and then we can be disappointed and go through that whole process that we're all so used <laughs> <Yeah>. to. <Right. laughs> um, exactly. <laughs> we can just be well the masochists that we are. Um, well done. So uh, where we can be helpful, hopeful is in that because of the Don McGahn struggle around uh, answering the subpoenas, that there, there could be, I think for two reasons that we'll be hopeful. There could be a, a better sense of sort of knowledge because the courts have been through this before. Like, yeah, you just sort of abused us, right? And and so it could that process could go a lot lot faster if they choose to not show up if they if they defy yeah. this 
that process could go through the courts much faster and we can get results much faster. And, and they, of course, will decide like, no, you have to answer the subpoena, number one. Number two, we have two Republicans and they know how they they're not going to put up with this. You know, the Dems will put, well, well they'll just go through the process. And we'll just, <laughs> you know, they'll do their, they'll do their right. Yeah. And then, oh, well, they did it. They who who would thought that they defy everybody should be outraged. You know, it'll be about being outraged or being about, you know, <laughs> how this it's un-American, these statements yeah. of blah, blah. Meanwhile, the, the bandits are out the back door, right? So yeah, right, those exactly. Republicans, Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger, they know how to fucking have blood in their mouths. And yeah. they're going to go. They're going to go. You're going to defy me? Fuck you. I'm going to rip you to shreds. So, then, so th- I, I want that. I'm mm. happy for that. Let them come. Yeah. Let them, let them so, yeah. be the sharks that they are and just tear into these, you know, just like a pack of wells. Fuck mm-hmm. you. You're not getting out from my teeth, right? Yep. That's to be hopeful about. Thank God, and then to be expectant of. I do think that they're good, they're going to come and plead the fifth. I do, and yeah, that's where will, I come course. in. And then I get to pull up all <laughs> the pleading of the fifth of the mob history and make some shorts and make some movies out of it and have right. a really good time about these monsters. Right? And even if they do, them. they've got to hand over the documents, and there are so many documents that it's just going to be that's so true. revealing. I mean, there's just yeah. you know we'll get to it later, but they've got the six point plan of how they're going to overthrow the government. Right. Just as they were deliberately trying to do this in, in broad daylight, in plain sight, they don't care. Yeah. It just blows my mind away that that's how they decided to, to approach this. But you know, they can they, say First Amendment, and they're somehow protected, and and you're not. <laughs> Sorry, you're right. exactly, um, yes. and they're white. Um, so the Fab Four. Let's do another one of the Fab Four. Next up is is Mr. Mark Meadows. Look at this picture of him. I love it because he looks. <laughs> <laughs> You know, he's just a beaten dog. Yeah, yeah. He, he's not. He, he's actually leaning on a on a giant pillar outside the White House, looking very despondent in that picture. So that's the look that he's got. He's got very red eyes as well. But that's because they say here that he has been reported that you were engaged in multiple elements of planning and preparation of efforts mm-hmm. to contest the presidential election and delay the coming electoral votes. So that's a big deal because he's the, yeah. you know, the chief of staff. So he's not just some Joe Schmo. He's the guy in charge of running everything for the president in the White House. And that makes him pretty significant if he's the one who is planning the, and mm-hmm. preparation. That's a lot of efforts to contest the presidential elections. And we know he did some of that when he was on that phone call with Raffsenberger in Georgia. But okay. boy, this, is, uh, this looks like they've got some details that damning for Mr. Meadows. Who's a you know also not the world's nicest guy? No. <laughs> well, I want to ask you guys. I mean, yeah. do you think what do you think is going to come of this hearing of these uh, questioning all these people? In the end, what will be the result? Can you guess what that's going to be? Uh, no, I can't. It's nothing. As much as I said that about those war dogs, it's nothing without the Department of Justice. Right. That's of, what I was wondering. In terms yeah. of consequences that mm-hmm. I can see. It just here here's what happens though. It does liberate a lot of minds. And I know it's like, mm-hmm. well, those people can't be convinced and it'll be like a witch hunter. You know, they'll they, yes, there's a portion that mm-hmm. it just will never come out of this. Their their brains are scrambled and they're gone. I continually say yeah. that. But it will it will do things for us in the eyes of the world that are very important. Mm-hmm. It'll, for us and for our national security, frankly, for our national security, it really, mm-hmm. I do think that there's a tie into that. 
it'll make the and hopefully we'll get some of this out of there but that we do have a domestic terror issue in this nation that is it's really bad and and i'm hoping that it will take some air out of that a little bit at least and helping contextualize for the people who like us but especially the people who are in the mainstream where they're carrying these talking points from the republicans and from the domestic terrorists without even knowing they're doing it or they know they're doing it, they don't fucking care i think they'll care right and so we'll get yeah. some different kinds of reporting around all this and for history, it'll be important. But without mm -hmm. the Department of Justice, I don't think that there's going to be consequences beyond that for any of these people. I will anyway. say that, there, you know, it, they have a lot of information already. I mean, they seem to have done their homework. Yeah. So whether that information came from the White House or from other places, I mean, you know, I could give you a pretty good rundown of what happened on that day. That would be, you know, it's kind of shocking. It's really shocking. It was an attempt to overthrow the will yeah. of the people in a democracy, the biggest and most important democracy in the world. And it was yeah. clearly an attempt by this right-wing extremist faction of the Republican Party in coalition with some foreign enemies to overthrow the government. It's not even that it's, it's insurrection and rebellion and a coup. It feels to be like it's treasonous because of the cooperation yeah. with foreign governments. And so you've you would think that there's a level of fear in these people, which is probably why Mark Millers looks like that and Cash Patel, because, <laughs> you know, the crimes are serious. These are quite serious yeah. things that they're facing. Yeah. They're not, this is not, um, you know, you don't show up for Sabina, you get a slap on the wrist. They, this is, you know, you don't show up, you don't tell the truth, means you're not cooperating on the other investigation, which the DOJ must mm -hmm. be doing into you. It's probably good to cooperate if you're Mark Meadows or, anybody else who can you know flip and maybe take down the president or the former president because that would be you know if i was doing if i was in that position i'd probably say sure give me a cooperation deal i don't want to face the rest of my life in prison but that's just you know, right. me that's my thing. well and i'm also just wondering because of these hearings and and what's going on i wonder if merrick garland is kind of waiting for this to happen before he makes a move. I mean, everybody likes to guess what he's doing and every and most people are not happy with his choices because he's not aggressive enough. And I don't know, I'm guessing, but I, I, I don't know. What do you guys think? I mean, do you think that would play into his decision to go after those people, let this happen first at congressional hearings? I think Rich Signorelli was on the show this week, who's the former assistant attorney for the SDNY, and he was pretty blunt about the fact that it would be really hard for Mary Garland not to be doing an investigation because right. it's just so obvious that there's so many crimes yeah. here and serious crimes <laughs> that not doing one would be a dereliction of duty. That doesn't mean he'll follow through. I mean, at the end of the day, this could be an investigation and no charges. But, you know, Signorelli was pretty certain that Trump should be arrested right now. He was like, yeah. now is and the time to cuff danger. him. If that is a factor. And the commission doesn't go anywhere. It doesn't produce anything meaningful because they're thwarted for one reason or another. I shudder to think what the the momentum of that onto onto a scenario right. for the Department of Justice if they are paying attention to it, because there's so much fear. I, this is my guess. I don't know this, but it feels to me, and my read on it is that there's so much fear to appear partisan that actually. Mm -hmm. This sort of inaction, it, I, I do think it's connected to that. And, and I did a tweet that just there's one of the things that went viral of like, that's actually the most partisan political thing in the history of this nation. If we refuse to actually pursue justice yeah. for crimes like this, conducted by the most powerful of our society, and right, and especially of our government and government positions of trust, 
because of a fear of being political is actually an incredibly political act. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So this is the crime of the century. This is the yes, worst the thing that's ever century. happened in America. And it suddenly, really is. And you've it got really us not doing anything uh, to enforce it. That would be a really difficult, horrible thing if that happened. Yeah. Um, yeah. What do you think is going to happen, Kimberly? What do you think the end result of all of this is going to be? Honestly, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm hopeful. Like I said, I think Adam, Sch I trust Adam Schiff. Mm. I, I think that he knows what he's doing. But, you know, there's, it's like, <laughs> it's like what LB is saying, you know, the Democrats want to do the process and they, I don't know. I think they're pretty serious this time. And I, I do believe that it would be beneficial. <laughs> you laugh. I don't mean to laugh at that. It's just like We've said it's, it's, all these times, it's just been these big, right. all that's happened is that the stakes have escalated and escalated. The right. crimes have escalated. They've just become unthinkable fucking crimes out mm -hmm. of that former administration. And we keep hoping that everyone's going to take it seriously enough this time to actually do something. And it's not exactly. that they're not taking it seriously. It's just like, it's just that they get thwarted and they go, oh, I guess we got thwarted. Oh. And people forget. Yeah. yeah time, time. I didn't seems mean to roll over you, Kimberly. I just, that was why I laughed because it's like, it's that thought of like this time, maybe. Maybe. You know. Yeah, well, that's where I am. I don't know. I have no idea what's going to happen because yeah. we've been watching this unfold ever since Trump got in office and it's been mm. horrifying. And so many of us thought, mistakenly, that when Biden won, I I thought that the Republicans would say, all right, we need to roll back. We need to go figure out how we're going to like reposition ourselves. But instead, they've just become full on fascist trump white supremacy all over the place what are you supposed to do with that and if the democrats can't figure out that they have to fight fire with fire it doesn't mean that they have to break the rules break the laws but they have to be aggressive and i mean it's just like you were saying on my podcast the other day they have to take action and they have to be aggressive do i know what's gonna happen i don't fucking know because i just i mean like i said i watch adam schiff and i think he's a badass but i don't know what all but i know the democrats who are on this committee are serious. And I do think Liz Cheney, which I don't love her, <clears throat> excuse me, my throat no. is off today. Um, but Liz Cheney, I think sh she and Adam Kinzinger are going to be beneficial in this because like you were saying, they're Republican, they know the game, they don't play. And even though I don't like her, I'm actually really glad she's on this committee. She does have a look in her eye. Yeah. She's that right now that's quite determined. I mean, she's yeah. she's focused and, and serious they about her this. Over. Yeah, yeah, they fucked her over and she doesn't like what they're doing. No, she doesn't because she knows what they're doing. I mean, she's yeah, that, yeah. you know, she's she deeply knows. connected. Oh my God. That, so, the legacy that she comes out of yeah, is yeah. like, exactly. these are the people you don't fucking cross, right? Yeah, it doesn't right. mean I'm agreeing with it or anything. It's like, don't right. cross those people. Ugh, mm. right? you know, like, in his day, yeah. Jenny was the most dangerous person in the world, her, her dad. So, you know. She's yeah. connected. She's certainly connected. She yeah. knows what's going on. Let's do uh, Mr. Cash here. Um, <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> it's an official photo. I don't, I don't know, but it's an official I photo. I, I, it's official. I know. It's, it's, I know. We shouldn't um, laugh. We shouldn't laugh, but there it is. I'm going to laugh. It's just, it's just that he looks so scared. Um, yeah. So there is substantial reason, says the committee, to believe that you have additional documents and information relevant to understanding the role played by the Department of Defense and the White House in preparing for and responding to the attack on the U.S. Capitol, as well as documents and information related to your personal involvement in planning ah. four events on January the 6th and the peaceful mm. transfer of power. Personal involvement. I, I wonder what that could be because 
you know, there's all sorts of rumors swirling around this guy. But, you know, let's pick up on the first part of that, which was preparing with for the DOD. You know, he, this is... This, this is, is Chris Pentagon. Miller's boy. This is, this the, is Pentagon. the Pentagon. Yeah, yes. he's the chief so, of staff for for yes. Esper at the time. I mean, it's like, oh, yes. okay, that's serious. This is serious because we. Is a great, this is a great one because yeah. I, I, I'm sorry. I, I, no, go, go ahead, finish your thought. Yeah. Go for it. Uh, it's a great one because <laughs> I, I sense a tremendous weakness here. Now, mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. there's a lot of nervousness too. But what this one shows us and is that there are people above this guy so Mm -hmm. this is the one that's closest just like mark meadows the person who's the person above mark meadows donald trump who's the person above cash patel these people actually with the exception of bannon because bannon you know that might be an alex jones mike flynn thing of trying to get something but bannon is also he's just the sleaziest of the sleaze balls and he was so outward (laughs) he actually did stuff outwardly like alex did like like uh mike mike finn did so this is the one way but I would say in terms of radicalizing people and stirring up the crowd and getting people there and being part of the organization, you have uh, Ali Alexander and Alex Jones sort of left above what Bannon's involvement might be unless Flynn, unless Bannon was in there feeding around with Flynn. Bannon's right? job was really have, to, to get Trump to do what he needed to him Trump to do. To get Trump to do it. So yeah. then you have, and he's got some, a lot of operatives underneath him that yeah. that can be probably more directly tied. So. If I look at all these things, you know, because of what I do, I'm like, okay, who are we rolling up towards, mm-hmm. right? Are we, mm-hmm. we're starting sort of at this, we're starting at the lieutenant level. We are mm-hmm. and getting to the generals here. So with cash, it's Chris Miller and it's what was going on in the Department of Defense. What was, and this was also, this is also about what was the plan around the National Guard? Why yeah. was that? Why was the National Guard, as well as the Pentagon response, held back for as long as it was? Right, and, and, and he did. He was involved in all those calls. You know, those calls laying. on that day. That's he, the laying to get there. that information to start mm-hmm. getting that out. And if you can, if you can get this guy to turn, I don't know that he will. You know, I don't know. He's right. an operative. If you can get him to, to if you can squeeze him a little bit in some way, or just at least show his comms and try to get a response to it or something. This this is a pathway to the next level now they have information again because this is a department of defense thing they can get the documents uh, you know Biden has probably provided the documents already so they know what happened on that day right, they just yeah. want him to come and explain what happened yes. on that day even if he doesn't want to yeah. plead the fifth they'll still tell everybody what he did put a face on it that's a hell of a face to put on it it is More. it is <laughs> But you know, it's literally the generals. You talked about he's the lieutenant Ooh. to the generals, but it's actually. <laughs> imagine that face asking these questions. <laughs> imagine. We shouldn't imagine. be making fun of him. Come on, it's I'm not right. Sorry. But it's, uh, <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> Terrible person. Um, <laughs> but it is literally generals. I mean, it's not. We should underline this point that this these are generals in the American military. They're you know. These are the people who run the world's most powerful military. And he apparently was involved in the preparation and planning for a coup attempt. Well, that's... Well, these um, are civilians. These are the civilian appointments, yes, right? So, uh, right. Uh, Running the, the DOD. The Charles, Flynn, Charles Flynn, that's his first name, right? Mike Flynn's brother would be the be the side yes. of that where you're actually talking about somebody who is who's active. But in terms of it being at the Department of Defense and involvement of the you know, even though it's the civilian side of running it, of our military, right, in terms of the authority of that, the lane of that. Yes. Yeah, well, remember this, this was the, the five people uh, Trump decided yeah. to, like, 
throw in yeah. there in the last few weeks and freaked everybody out because yeah you know, there, yeah. there's some crazy people in here. Uh, there's General some nutbags, but that Ezra Cohen Watnick, that yeah. guy right there, he looks ECW. like a nutbag. Yeah. That guy is the guy that we can hopefully squash, uh, that is also in this path of, of the Cash Patel path. I hope and this so. Is a, this is a Kushner guy as well as a Trump guy. He was a Bannon lackey as well. And it, in terms of, I don't know if you guys remember all that, but when, Remember when Bannon was like head of the national security? Right. Whatever, right, like, right, right. Like, okay. So That's a really good guy, point. You're making a really important point yeah. here. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Because wow. yeah, this is what he was fired or, or Bannon stopped him from being fired from the National Security right. Council. Everybody's he was, protecting this yeah. motherfucker. And Jared, like wow. to travel with him. Yeah. This is the most protected guy in the little house of Trump and Kushner mm -hmm. um, and exactly. how they ran that. This guy is so protected. And he gets moved into these key positions. Who is he? Mm -hmm. Where did he come from? What's yeah. behind wow. this guy? Did There's he negotiate the peace deal? The Jared peace deal wasn't that him yeah. as well? Like he did some big, big initiatives. Um, interesting. A lot of stuff with BB. Who yeah. the hell is this guy? Yeah, that is, is a really good question. Why is he running the, you know, why is he in the top five people at the DOD? That's a very, look, we don't know what yeah. these guys were up to. We have no idea, but we, we know. know that Millie was running around trying to put fires out. We know that Pelosi, <laughs> Pelosi and Millie had this conversation, which I have not read the transcript, but apparently it's like lightning where she's, this is after January the 6th, where she's like, do you have control of this? Because, you know, he could go crazy in the next few right. days and launch a war, which you know, That's he right. didn't because Millie could, you know, sort of put the kibosh on that. But this was a if tough time. If he's willing to do a, a viol inside a violent insurrection to overthrow the government and to overthrow the, the election and bring in the National Guard, and they all know what he did, right? Yeah. If he's willing to do that and that didn't work, what's the next thing after that? Well, yeah, the next thing after that is to call yourself a wartime president, and therefore mm -hmm. you can't be out of office. And how do you do that? You drop a mm -hmm. nuclear warhead somewhere. Yeah. And probably on on the uh, you know who knows that this guy's so crazy. I can't imagine that it didn't go through people's minds that he might even try to do something on American soil or incite some things for yeah. us to be attacked. Oh, so he for could then sure. declare that. That's what they right. were well, testing out earlier on. Yeah, yeah, I mean, this, you know, I, I'm trying to imagine the scenario because it's horrific to think about it. But, you know, we were that close to him staying in power. And I don't even know if you can contemplate what that looks and feels like. I mean, it's so insane to think no. of an America <laughs> in that scenario. Um, but it could yeah. still happen. And that's what's really scary. I mean, who was it? Somebody, I don't even know who. Somebody said there for sure. I think it might have been Jared. Yates Sexton, he did a thread and he thinks that Trump is going to run again. He didn't say that he thought Trump oh, would yeah. win, but, you know, he'll definitely run. He thinks he's going to be the front runner, at least for now, because he's got such a huge lead in front of everybody. I don't know who it would be, but, you know, it's like going on what LB was saying. OK, he's not president right now, but he's not stopping. It's like if he's willing to incite an insurrection and God knows what else we don't even know. What is he planning right now? And then we, oh my God, if he were to win again, it's, we're fucked. <laughs> I mean, we're he, I totally think he's going to run because he has very yeah. little to stop him from running and it will sort of make yeah. it harder to prosecute him, which is why it will. Uh, they should really uh, indict him right now because before he starts running, because it'll look really ridiculous if he's running a presidential campaign and we try to get a, yeah. arrest him then. So, you know, the indictments should be coming down sooner rather than later. 
But uh, you know, in terms of what was happening then in in those few days and what he could have done, I mean, it's it's. Oh, it could you know, have been bad. Yes. And I don't think we're not that far away. And I called the show "American Gaslighting" because there is, I think, you know, a lot going on right now to put us in the most fraught dangerous situation America's ever been in again. You know, whether you look at the abortion laws and the design around those abortion laws designed to really polarize America, like really tear us apart. And then uh, this debt ceiling ridiculousness where the Republicans having run up this giant bill are now going to say, well, we've got to shut down the government and we can't increase the debt ceiling, you know, possibly scuttling all of Biden's agenda. You know, just those two things alone, never mind the fact that we have all these vaccination, anti-vax things, 70 million Americans still not getting vaccinated, all Trump-based-like people. Boy, you've got a really difficult situation. 